When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Folks, welcome to part two of Vanderpumpageddon. We just did a part one recap that was nearing four hours long, which I think is the record for the season. But when you're dealing with this kind of demonic energy, you got to go long. You got to go long. And listen, I realize that I have a sickness, that I need to do a part two because there's so much VPR news. There's so much information flying back and forth between podcasts. Every Vanderpump of Rules cast member, past and present, has a podcast now, so we got to keep you up to date on those. Uh, we've got a lot of just like little pieces of inf- information, and also I have a Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash So Bad It's Good, and I got to say a lot of those 
uh, patrons, they they wrote some really interesting things about their reactions to the finale. And I thought I would read a bunch of those and kind of uh, talk about that a little bit. And we'll just, uh, this is so bad, it's good after dark. We're nearing 1 a.m. That first part took me so, and it takes so long to process that audio. So that is out right now. We're chugging along. And then part three, uh, I don't know if I'll put up part three tonight, even though it's done, but it's the author of Ariana's Glamour um, article that came out today that you guys should read. I thought it was just a really great profile that went way past uh, Scandal and actually talked about Ariana, the person um, the person at uh, the center of all of this, the, you know, and I think she has uh, come through with flying colors. I know some people were like, well, she was too angry, too angry. And it's like, yeah, man, this was also two months ago. I, yeah, I, she was angry, deservedly so. So uh, we're going to go through this together as a family. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much again. You know, it's wild because you'd be like, why, who would listen to a part two or a part three? But you guys do, you show up and uh, I don't know. I, I keep thinking, why am I doing this? Why am why do I do this? And I genuinely do love it. A couple of people last night were like, oh, you know, it's, you can really tell you love what you do. And, and I do really love what I do. It's the most normal that I feel all day. And that's not, um, it's not hyper hyperbole. It's not a joke. I genuinely love talking to you guys. I love talking about this and I, I love talking about all of pop culture and I can't wait to get back to a lot of it. Cause there's so much good stuff. real housewives of orange County premiered. What did you guys think of that? And by the way, I mean, this is what's insane is that the ratings last night, we always talk about the ratings. Cause I think, um, you know, one day I think I will be a producer on some of these things or, or I think that's definitely something I would be interested in, but they just had, Killer ratings all season long for Vanderpump Rules, but last night, no exception at all. And it included Orange County because Orange County was right before uh, Vanderpump Rules and everybody was ready and they were ready for Orange County as well. And so last night, the season premiere of uh, Orange County, season 17, episode one, it, it got 1 million viewers, 1 million and 32,000 viewers. Great demo, and the demo is a 0.38, and that is the 18 to 49 range, which is the range that advertisers love. So right now, Bravo is ground zero if you want to advertise. It is great. You know, we are great people. We buy things. We, you know, like, listen, come sell us your wares, Uber One Eats. Come sell us your wares. Like, we, we will buy and by the way, I want to tell you, thank you guys for uh, participating in any of my advertisers on this show. That stuff really does help. And thank you for leaving five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So watch what happens live, which had Lala and uh, Tamara on last night. That got 1,354,000 viewers. So it, it beat uh, Orange County by like 320,000 viewers. And that demo was a 0.56 Whereas Orange County was a 3-8. Now get this. This is the Vanderpump Rules, you know, part three reunion ratings. They 1,998,000 viewers. Almost 2 million viewers, a 0.87 in the demo. These are insane numbers. So hats off. I mean, Evolution Media, you guys killed it. Now, uh, last week, they got 1,869,000 viewers, so they increased their viewership. And by the time all of these seven-day ratings are in, you're going to see this has well over four to five million viewers. And that is unheard of 
for cable in this day and age, these episodes of Vanderpump Rules got more, you know, got more views than the, the season series finale of Succession. Pat yourselves on the back. We've been training to watch TV all of our lives and it's paying off. Not for us, but for Bravo. And I'm sure they will cut us in on some of these profits one day. We did it, folks. We did it, Joe. But it is exciting. It's exciting when something that you love transcends. When people are like, hey, that show you dedicate your life to, I watched it. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I don't, you know, people cheat, right? Um, so I thought that was exciting news to share with you guys. Um, somebody had written, uh, I believe her name was Hannah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to give her last name cause that would be rude, but you know, she was doing research for her wedding and she's like, Hey, I wonder how much it would cost if you wanted to rent Tom Sandoval and the most extras for your wedding. And I was like, Oh my God, Hannah, do you not want your wedding to succeed? And she just said she was doing it for research purposes. And I thought this was great. Um, and she said, uh, listen, I'm getting married next year. And I started wondering how much James Kennedy, DJ James Kennedy and Tom Sandoval were to book. I wasn't ever going to actually book them to be clear. Sure. Hannah. Sure. But a girl's got to do some research. I'm sure these are inflated to price people out, but here's the numbers I got. So she actually reached out. So Tom Sandoval and the most extras, what do you think they cost to rent? How much do you think Tom Sandoval pays for you to rent? No, you have to pay. $25,000 to rent out Tom Sandoval for one of the most special occasions of your life. Uh, by the way, Tom Sandoval should play at Carl and Lindsay's wedding from summer house next year. Uh, but the 25,000 doesn't include the backline hospitality, which is like, dude, I want purple M&Ms in my room, dude. And a bottle of fucking tequila, dude. Um, it doesn't include sound lights and accommodations. Like what? Like $25,000 just for the band, but then you have to pay for all these people to shack up places and stuff. Now, DJ James Kennedy, get this. He starts at forty dollars to $50,000. Wow. That's right. You got, I'm not a poo-poo head. Yeah, that's right. Sandoval is a liar for $40,000. You do not make fun of my DJ. If you ever make fun of my DJ gigs, I make, I shit money. I shit money. You hear me? And by the way, DJ James Kennedy is only one person. He doesn't have to split it 30,000 different ways because Tom Sandoval has one of the biggest bands that I've ever, ever seen in my life. So guys, if you want to rent these people out, this is what it costs. Um, she also added that she said DJ James Kennedy's management team was very professional and very nice. And she says Tom's uh, that she really thought she was talking to him for a second, <laughs> which is so great. If, if Sandoval's dude's like, uh, dude, this is Tom's uh, booking manager. What's up, dude? Uh, you, do you like lightning bolts per chance? <laughs> She also told me to stop apologizing for being too much, but I'm sorry. That's my brand, baby. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Now, let's go to some Vanderpump Rules podcasting information. Um, it's funny. Like, I feel like, wow, I'm ahead of the curve. I beat most of the Vanderpump Rules cast to podcasts, but they are, it is flooded. The market is flooded right now. I'm pretty scared that Lisa's, some of her dogs are going to start having podcasts now or like, you know, it's the Hanky and Panky show. When Ken Vander, when, when Ken Vanderpump, when Ken Todd 
starts a podcast and you know it'd be like did you know some sensible was in a jacuzzi with ken todd that's when i retire i do think it's interesting because all of these people they keep going on each other's podcasts you know the vanderpump rules cast eventually that bubble's gonna burst um and i do wonder where some of these podcasts are gonna go now i think some of these people are just naturals at it so you guys will continue to listen to them um, but, but it's interesting. There's such a white hot heat on Scandaball, but at the same time we are, and, and me to a degree as well, we are repeating the same information again and again and again and again. And it's like, yes, yes, we know something's weird with the timeline. Yes. Sandoval is very creepy. Yes. I got it. I got it. And it is fascinating though. I will say I listen to Jackson Brittany's pod. It's called When Reality Hits, I believe. And I listened to that for the first time this week because Tom Schwartz made his triumphant return to podcasting. And I truly was hoping this was going to be as big of a mess as his appearance on Watch What Happens Live. Because as a content creator myself, when when they are this big of a mess, it is like so entertaining to talk about. Cause you're like, you know, that's why Sandoval on Howie Mandel was so fun because it was so ridiculous. And you could just sit there and talk about it for hours. Cause there was something funny or insane about each moment. And I will say, I remember uh, DMing with Schwartz cause Schwartz saw the, the meme I made of his watch what happens live appearance where I made fun of him. And uh, he was like, Oh dude, I just opened up my phone and saw this. And I was like, yeah, maybe you want to unfollow me. But like, what did you do tonight? I was like, what were you on, man? So Schwartz did an appearance on Jackson Britney's pod, which is doing very well. Um, And he is now on stars on Mars, which I talked about on Tuesday's episode. And so I'm very excited for Schwartz to make money. Um, And it's cool that he went to fake Mars so he was promoting that a little bit, but, you know, so this was my first foray into Jackson Brittany's pod and I liked it. Like I didn't expect much. So I liked it. I will say, and I've gotten this myself is that they talked over Schwartz so much, especially Brittany. Cause she was so excited. And I get that. I do that myself when I get excited. So I was like, Oh my God, I do that so much, but they were so excited, but it was like, I wanted to hear what Schwartz had to say because like, oh shit, he has so much information. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And also I found it very entertaining because Jackson one point calls Sandoval a sociopath. And I got to tell you, if that is not the pot calling the kettle black, it it made me laugh. It, I literally laughed out loud. I was listening on my AirPod. And I was like, oh, because that's worth, oh, that's worth all the money in the world to hear Jax call Sandoval a sociopath. That's how far we've gotten in this world where now Jax is even calling Sandoval a sociopath. And I think this is wild. Um, and I really do want to know the self-reflection that Jax has done over the last couple of years. So if they ever do a self-reflection episode on the Jackson Brittany pod, please let me know. Um, so uh, I want to thank Marissa for taking the notes on this podcast. Uh, I listened to it, but I didn't take notes, but it was still, it was entertaining to listen to. These are the, the, the pieces of information that were called from it. Schwartz wants to make clear once and for all, you guys, I'm not defending the affair, yo. Um, like I know Sandoval's itching to tell more of his side of things. And like, when you have an affair, that person's side, it becomes obsolete. So finally Schwartz is, you know, standing up and saying, listen, 
it doesn't matter about Sandoval and, and Raquel, Rocky Rachel's side, because when you cheat on somebody of this magnitude, their side, it doesn't matter anymore. All that matters is Ariana's side. And I'm like, welcome to welcome to the real world, Schwartz. Thanks for joining us on this side of things. Um, he says Sandoval's itching to tell more of his side of things, but he also says he hasn't talked to Sandoval in a long time. So I do wonder... I don't know. It's hard with any of these people because you just are like, how much of this is just more storytelling? How much of this is truth? What is the lies? And and I got to tell you, when somebody like Sandoval, this is this big of a lie, It the blowback goes onto Schwartz, the blowback goes onto everybody because you just then assume they are lying as well. Um, he says that Tom needs to have humility, have no ego and say he's sorry with no buts. And I'm like, well, <laughs> good luck on that one. Um, Schwartz feels terrible about this whole thing. Uh, he, he's also upset that people say he was complicit. Um, and Jax is like, he's not his dad. Jax says he's not his dad says he was going, Schwartz was saying that he was going through the most intense year of his life. He, you know, his dad was, his health was bad. His brother was in rehab. The other had testicular cancer. And he's not saying this to get sympathy, but to get understanding. And I understand that, but everything that Schwartz seems to be a part of, there is a sympathetic angle to it. I don't even know if it's, I think it's just so bred in, inbred into him that he doesn't even realize he's like, I'm not trying to get sympathy, but like, so it is hard because these are very real things, but he's also trying to, you know, trying to let us know that, I was in my own life, dude. I was not like super paying attention to this affair. Um, he also opened the bar um, on top of this. He had told Schwartz that he had tried to break up with Ariana three times. We knew that before. Um, and he says it's fucked up when people try to shift blame like Sandoval did on Ariana because that's vile. But this is the thing. Schwartz is like, this is your friend. And Jax is what, like, how do men tell other men that they are disappointed in them? How do men try to hold other men accountable for their actions? And of course, that's not Schwartz's responsibility, but you do have to wonder if you say it's vile, it sounds good on a podcast. You're on the right side of history, finally. But then how do you actually put those words and feelings into action that can make, maybe you're one of the only people that could potentially reach Sandoval in his life. Maybe he respects you enough where you could actually talk to him and say, do you understand? I understand what people are upset about. What don't you get about this? Um, he says from the show, you would think his life revolved around Tom and Raquel, and that couldn't be further from the truth. He says he's an unfortunate confidant. I'm an unfortunate confidant, dude. He kept trying to use bigger words, too, and that really confused Jax and Brittany. She's like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? What are you doing? They know the big word. Um, it says Sandoval wasn't coaching him behind the scenes. He was consumed with his own life. He said he told him in late August. He was like, I don't know about the timeline, like um, September, late August. I don't know. But he also says Tom wasn't trying to coach him. But also we, we are using the word coaching with Tom a lot. But maybe it's not coaching. It's not like it's like, okay, from 2.30 to 3.30, I'm going to coach you, dude. It might just be comments that not, you know, these people aren't even picking up as coaching. They're just like, oh, dude, like just kind of planting seeds. I have a feeling Sandoval's a, a seed planter, kind of just putting those things out there and hoping they pick up on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Sandoval um, says Sandoval wasn't encouraging encouraging him to pretend to like Raquel to throw off the scent. I thought, so, so he's saying like basically – Sandoval wasn't saying like try to bone Raquel to throw off the scent of my affair. 
But also Schwartz said that him and Raquel had no chemistry, which is a really dumb statement because then it directly conflicts with the statement that Schwartz said on the third part of the reunion where he was like, I don't know. I thought we kind of had chemistry, didn't we? And Raquel was like, you know. And he said, had he known it would have hurt Katie, he wouldn't have done that. Am I going insane? Have I had three strokes? Had I known if it had I known it would hurt Katie, he wouldn't die. <laughs> Katie, Katie literally said it with her mouth. He said, You will hurt me if you do that. I know, but Katie's like, she's like, she lies sometimes, dude. How can I trust Katie? <laughs> I was like, Am I eating crazy pills? Um, I just thought that was such a weird statement. I and mean, Jackson Brittany, I was just like. It is funny because you can tell Britney is especially a fan of this show. Jax always says he doesn't watch it, but you can tell Britney re-watches and re-watches it. Like, she's in it, you know? Um, says if Katie kissed someone in the friend group, he'd be fine with it. We get it, Schwartz. We told, How many times are we going to hear Tom Schwartz say, I'd love to see Katie get railed, dude. It'd be amazing. Like, it, like w- stop. It's weirdly hurtful. Like, I get hurt by it when I hear you say that. Stop saying that shit. You know, first off, it's not true. He would get all fucking weird and feely about it. Uh, Um, He knew they had a one-night stand in regards to Raquel and Sandoval. And he says, it looked like the affair never stopped. Doesn't know what the big reveal is, but thinks that that they never stopped or that it was earlier. So he's just saying, you know, this was before. This came out the day of the reunion, I believe, or maybe the day before, and it hadn't come out yet, and he really didn't know. He says he still loves Katie and cares about her. Oh, that's nice. Um, He says it's stressful to get divorced and move all your stuff. I love that he says it's stressful to get divorced, but what he really means, it's stressful to move all your stuff. Dude, boxes, right? Right, everybody? Boxes. We saw like through the first half of the season and I would bet dollars to donuts. I'm by the way, I'm saying dollars to donuts a lot more lately. I I caught myself saying it in the first part of this recap today. And I was like, where am I getting dollars to donut? What does that even mean? Like where the, what fucking like Andy Mayberry shit am I on that? I'm starting to say dollars to donuts. Who am I turning into? Anyways, I would bet dollars to donuts that if you go to Schwartz's apartment right now, there's still like boxes. I would, I, I just feel it. Um, he says Sandoval told him about the one night stand after the wedding, which is so weird. So he was like, Schwartz is like, dude, I kissed Raquel tonight, man. And then after like, what? Like then after he's like, uh, yeah, I can top that dude. I fucking boned her dude. Yeah. Took her to the bone zone highway to the pleasure zone. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like that's, this is so weird and skeevy. Um, he thinks he got used. You, <laughs> he thinks he got used by Sandoval and Raquel. How, okay. So how this is what Jack says. Sandoval takes advantage of Schwartz's kindness, but also remember Jack's hates Sandoval. So of course he's going to agree. He's like, yeah, dude, he fucking hit you horrible person but like i want to know why he thinks that he got used by and how he got used by sandoval and raquel because he says sandoval he he didn't think he was being you know used as a pawn in regards to hooking up with raquel but then he says he is getting used by or did get used a little confusing and schwartz is like yeah they exploited him uh sandoval came to Schwartz in January to tell him he was in love and he was breaking up with Ariana. 
but this is what I want to impress upon too, is that these men are used to cheating so much and having one night stands. This is my opinion that Schwartz might've been told that in August, but Sandoval was like, dude, you know how it is, dude. I'm fucking and sucking all the time, dude. Just, we just keep it on the down low. And I feel like all these men have protected each other in so many situations over the last decade and a half that this is like the normal thing. And then it was still going on. And in January, he said love, but before that, it would have just gone to the grave with Schwartz because this is potential. Potentially, I think this is something Sandoval does a lot. That was my impression with that comment. I don't know what you guys think. Let me know. Um, says uh, Sandoval put him and other friends in uncomfortable positions. I mean, God, think of some of the positions he probably put Raquel in just physically says it made him uncomfortable, but I wanted to ask a question of like him whacking off at Schwartz's apartment. Like, where was that question of like, dude, did you know Sandoval's like using your apartment as a whack off pad? Like that still sticks with me of like, you know, Sandoval knocks and he's there with his iPad and he's like, what's up, dude? Can I borrow the guest room for a second? Cause I am hot right now. You know, like, oh uh, yeah, dude. Um, Joe left a second ago. You can go in there. Uh, he kept telling, uh, Schwartz said he kept telling Sandoval that he had to tell Ariana and Tom kept saying he tried. I tried, dude. This fucking girl, like the pins, the batteries, she can't fucking listen. Jack says if he goes and checks the mail for more than five minutes, Brittany's calling the cops. He's saying Brittany has his ass on lockdown, which is good. Because if you do cheat regularly, like Jack's proved that he did, there's always going to be this element that Brittany probably will always kind of be like, dude, it's almost like, you know, a flare up of like hemorrhoids. Like, oh no, is Jax getting that cheating bug again? I would imagine that's going to stay with Brittany for a very, very long time, which is probably the sad reality of, of cheating in a relationship, you know? Um, let's see here. Schwartz says he's single and not ready to mingle. I'm single and not ready to mingle. Do you see what I did there? He didn't have a secret girlfriend in Joe. He's not in a relationship. This is another thing too that is talked about a lot is that I think this is a technicality. Like they were pretty much like boyfriend, girlfriend, but Schwartz never said that. So technically like he, like he said at the reunion about like, Oh, uh, I thought it was like maybe off on a technicality about the friend group because she didn't really like Raquel. So it didn't matter that I kissed her. So I think Schwartz is one of those people that logisticizes things to himself in his head of like, well, it's not like a real relationship, but we are doing literally everything that a real relationship does. And yeah, I think Joe thinks it's a real relationship and she's a great girl. She's pretty hot, all that stuff, but no, not a relationship. Um, and I think Schwartz is that kind of guy that likes to be free to make out with multiple people potentially in one night. And that is weird as you start, you know, it's it just kind of a weird vibe that you, that you get. But also I think he's also in a position where a lot of girls want to make out with him. And that's not going to change based on any of this. Um, Let's see. says Joe's the shit. Yeah, Joe's the shit, dude. Says that that snowboarding trip that was supposedly a double date or it got pinned on him, but it said that made him feel rotten. And, you know, he bought what Tom sold him. So Tom sold him as a guy, a guy's night, a guy's ski trip. And, uh, and then all of a sudden Tom was like, uh, dude, I ended up biting Joe and Raquel. Let's do this. He wishes he had given Tom an ultimatum at that point. 
He regrets Ra- uh, kissing Raquel because of Katie with the affair. His biggest regret is how nonchalant he was. He doesn't want to keep saying it to upset Tom. Um, Sandoval has apologized to Schwartz a lot. No shocker there. Uh, he's in both bars. Schwartz is in both bars, Tom, Tom and Schwartz and Sandy's every week. Uh, and also he says Schwartz and Sandy's is doing really good. He's like, we had a killer weekend last weekend. That's what I'm telling you guys. Like this, this only helped the business in some ways. Now I think there's some fundamental, fundamentally, fundamental things wrong with Schwartz and Sandy's. Um, but this only helped Schwartz and Sandy's period. There's no other story. I mean, people are still showing up. People that have been railing on Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz for this whole season are still going there. And I think that's just what it is and it's what it's going to be. So I hope they can figure out all those other, I mean, I'm not going to be going in there, but other people are going in there and, you know, I don't think this, you know, it's going to be what it is. I, I, I will, I'll be interested to see how they work Sandoval back into that. And of course that probably will be a main storyline on season 11, um, let's see here. It says he was roasted for his watch what happens live appearance. Cause he was a rambling fool, even though he thought he had done good at the time. Uh, he's giving Ariana space because, uh, he doesn't think she wants to see him. He, yeah, <laughs> he's taking a break from Tom. Hasn't seen him in a while, but I wonder what the tech situation is. Like, I want more specific questions. Uh, it says the other day, Brittany got a, oh, this was fascinating. Brittany was like, anyways, it's crazy. The other day I got a text from Sandoval. Can you believe it? And she had relayed this story that they hadn't texted since 2020 when she wished him a belated birthday. And then all of a sudden he texts Brittany out of the blue and says, hope you're doing, hope you're doing well, dude. Anyways, my band's playing in Kentucky. And if any of your friends or family want to come, I could put them on my list. And Jax is like, what the fuck? He's like, dude, this dude, if that is not the most tone deaf thing, and for somebody for Jax to be like talking about being tone deaf and stuff, I, you have to laugh. You have to laugh. And I'm not saying Jax hasn't changed or whatever, but I'm saying if you're a fan of this show, that has to make you laugh in certain ways. It really does. And uh, I thought that was fascinating, though. But the audacity of this man to not realize that he shouldn't just be willy-nilly texting people like that especially so close to all of this. And it makes, it it scares me because you're like, dude, that is diabolically delusional. You're like, in what world are you texting people? And also, you know, (laughs) Brittany was like, I didn't, I didn't have anybody that wanted to go, you know, (laughs) it would be great. if, like, okay. So I did tell my family and a lot of them went, you know, Tom's playing the Kentucky castle, by the way. Um, Jax can't get a read on Raquel, never could. We've all said the same thing about Raquel. Um, He hasn't seen or talked to Tom in a long time because he's been on tour. He talked about the DMs that they are probably getting. And this is when he was trying to make, you know, he's like, dude, it's fucked up, man. People online are scary. And Brittany's like, yeah, but they won't say it to your face. They'll come up and say you're a big fan, blah, blah, blah. I will say, yeah, listen, I even get angry DMs. I get bad DMs sometimes. I'm sure it's not on the level of any of these people. But listen, when you are making money off of your actual life, these things are the byproduct of that success, period. And part of the uh, the amazing and the scary part of reality TV is that for it to truly succeed, you need an audience. And that audience needs to participate, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on Reddit, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be on TikTok. You need them to create content around you. And when they are, you know that you've got a real fan. 
when they actually are angry, you know they're locked in. So these things just happen. And I'm sorry, at this point, Scannable keeps talking about doing this for so long, then grow up and don't look at your DMs. Schwartz, don't look at your DMs. And I will say the majority are still probably pretty damn amazing. Even Sandoval. Listen, I will tell you, you know, I always joke about, you know, you got serial killers in prison getting more marriage requests than I'll ever get in my life. You know, these people fucking, I mean, Charlie Manson, I think he wasn't he married a couple different times in prison. Like he was having, so he was so successful. He was getting divorced in prison and getting remarried to other people. Are you kidding me? We live in a weird fucked up world. Period. Um, he says it's because Tom Sandoval has been on people's screen for 10 years. It's like their friend betrayed and hurt them. And I feel completely in agreement with that. Um, they, uh, took out a small percentage of Tom, Tom to help with Schwartz and Sandy's, but they're still involved. We already knew that. And then he wanted to let people that is, let people know that his world doesn't revolve around Sandoval. And that is yet to be seen. Uh, I mean, I think Schwartz got out of this so, so easy. Congratulations. I, I think you are m just minorly, you, you've left this relatively unscathed. Um, but this is what happens when you bet on the wrong horse sometimes. It just happens. Okay. So that was the Jackson Brittany podcast. I did like it. Um, so, yeah. Now, Lala was on Kristen Doty's podcast. And um, let's see here. These are some notes given to me. Let me see where they start here. Sometimes I'm they're backwards in here. Let's see. Um, okay. Kristen and Lala are excited to stop talking uh, to stop talking about Scandaval. I feel uh, I totally get that and I agree with that, but I have a feeling once they do you know, they're going to want to start talking about it again because I feel like your numbers are going to drop off myself included, but there are so many other exciting things to talk about. So I'm not personally that worried about it. I'm just worried about finding something I'm as passionate about, but I will watch, like I watched that Natalia Grace documentary last week and I'm still thinking about it. There's so many great things, you know, I might recap OC and at the end of the day, there, there's a possibility I'll go back and recap earlier Vanderpump seasons and still do that. So I'm not personally worried about it, but I understand why they might be. Uh, I talked to Doty. Uh, I was, I, I met Kristen Doty for the first time Saturday night at a cancer benefit. And it was, it was, I met her and her boyfriend. Uh, her boyfriend was very nice. She was very nice. And I, we did talk about this of like, you know, and she said, and she was very honest. She's like, listen, the show does really well when I talk about this. So it is that kind of cat chasing its own tail of when do you, how do you stop? And when do you, you know, go like, listen, I do this as well. It's not just Vanderpump rules, but when you are so known for one thing, people really want to hear you talk about that one thing. They have all of these amazing memories with you and the show. So they want to hear your inside information on it. Uh, Lala said they don't do a toast at the end of the reunion. Uh, at least it didn't feel like a toast. There was no Peter coming out with drinks, which we saw. Um, Kristen said that you can't tease like a little bit. Can you tease a little bit? And Lala said, and this is why they haven't sent it to us beforehand in terms of the actual show. They didn't send it to him until very like the night before. 
I literally know not a thing. I said on Amazon Live, I know, but I don't actually know. I think shit like this, and I talked about this on Wednesday's show, these kind of comments frustrate me because I'm like, Lala, you know, we need to be able to have you as a reliable narrator. So don't lie to the audience to excite them. Like, I, it, it, to me, it's like, don't be that ringleader in a circus, you know, like you, you, you're better than that. You know, people like you already don't, you know, you have enough good opinions and good information as it was. Don't like, don't jostle the audience around where you're like, I do know it. And that's a lie. I don't like that. Do you, what do you guys think? Lala said, even if it came out that Raquel banged all their men, she would like be great. Let me at her. She doesn't see anything that could happen that would stop them from coming back. She said that on the view this week as well. It's like, listen, these people die. Like they want to be on reality television shows. You think they haven't seen any of this shit where they don't want to come back and make money. Like, listen, I mean, because of this, Lala was able to put a down payment on her Palm Springs house, a $1.25 million home because of this send it to Daryl merchandise. She was the first one that hopped on this bandwagon. The cheesiest part of that whole thing, I thought for me, was when she had hired that advertising truck that like was going through neighborhoods and said, send it to Daryl Merch on digital signs. And I was like, ooh, this is too far. But it worked. I mean, these things were huge. But also, I know Lala talked about on um, the Nightline special and, and in that the Randall scandal. She had had to pay so much money in lawyer bills. So I do wonder what her financial situation was. And it is funny when you start to worry about these cast members' finances. You're like, should we have bought a house in Palm Springs? Don't we need to pay off lawyers? What are we doing with this? I just don't know what it's like to live at that level. And you just hope that everybody is being smart with their money because another scandal isn't around the corner, or at least I don't think, or at least I pray for the love of everybody. My God. Um, doesn't think that was Raquel in that airport video. Oh yeah. Somebody had said they saw Raquel in an airport and took like the worst shot of like the back of somebody's head. I'm so fucking tired of fake news. Uh, he, I hate that that even came out of my mouth because it makes me feel sick just saying it, but stop. Everybody is bullshits now. Like you just stop with the lies. Stop with the fake rumors. You guys know when you're doing it. I know, like, I just, I get really personally frustrated because there's enough good information to talk about out there that why do we have to keep poking this thing? Like, that wasn't Raquel. Anybody could actually see that it wasn't Raquel, but we want to believe. We want to believe that Raquel was just walking around some airport and just one random person happened to get a shot of the back of her, the back of her head. Like, are you kidding me? If I saw Raquel in an airport, I would be like just circling. I would just be like, duh, 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 duh. I would just be running everywhere. Uh, they talked about the Randall scandal documentary. Uh, Lala's mom and bro brother was in that. I also want to say this. So the, Lala wasn't in that documentary, but they did a very smart thing that I don't think ever anybody's talked about yet. Heather McDonald is in that um, Randall scandal as well and does a great job. The way they got Lala into that documentary, and I don't think she was able to participate because she didn't want to screw up any of her custody battle, was that they used footage of Lala on Heather McDonald's podcast. The only thing that I found interesting about that is if you uh, I've been on Heather McDonald's show before and I've watched clips of Heather McDonald's sh you know, show before. I believe Annie used to uh, produce it or do the videos and stuff. And they shoot from two angles. Right. They shoot from like over here on the right, over here on the left. And then they edit those together. And I think they do an insanely fabulous job. But if you watch the Randall Scandal documentary, you will see they're using different angles. So there was some other camera in the room that day. So my theory is that she had Lala on knowing that in agreement with Lala that the camera crew would be there and they would get, and that's the way they would get Lala on and not get her in trouble by saying, 
listen, we just took the footage from the podcast. I can't help that. That's not Lala's fault. Lala was on this show. They, you know, but I do, you know what I'm saying? You could tell from the angles that they use that it wasn't Heather McDonald's usual setup. And I think it was a very, my theory, a very tricky way to get past her potentially being in trouble um, or, or making her custody battle even tougher. Um, said when his, her brother was interviewed that he would get up and throw up. He was so nervous. Uh, Lala was there when that happened, pulled him aside and asked if he didn't want to do it. And Easton said that just talking about Randall was making him sick. Lala said, many people have told her stories about Randall, but those are not her stories to tell. But if she is there for those people, if they ever do come forward, people have told me stories about him as well that I have never told. And it is not your, you know, it isn't our place to say, like, I will say I mainly do a, a, a comedy show or things that make me laugh, but I think we make some points in here, but people will give me things that I sit on because it's not my place to say. And um, you've got to be, you got to try to think responsibly about the information and how you use it. Uh, says when Kristen was in Randall's life, she had seen him rage before Lala said um, one of uh, Randall's best friends. Uh, sorry. Lala said one of Randall's, Randall's best friends when all of this happened came up to Lala and said that Randall has always been a pathological liar. Lala said this wasn't in the documentary, but there was a time in Vegas where Randall was so mean to one of his assistants and she said something to Randall about this and she started to pack her stuff up and she left. It does seem they had a very tumultuous relationship that it was a lid was kept on that because from what I saw social media wise that everything was great. They were living baller lifestyles. Now I listened to the give them la la book, but she even talks about then, but she blames it on herself because she was drinking that she would throw all his clothes off a balcony. Didn't have any clothes to wear threw away his passport. Like, but she would blame it on herself and, you know, being drunk. And I thought that was very interesting. Lala said she tried to justify things because Randall told her he was bullied and now he had the success. So now Randall was mimicking how he was treated by other people to make himself feel better. And Lala thought she could fix that. Women always think they can fix men. And in a sense, it's like, man, we're just so sometimes damaging to women that I just don't know if it's worth the hassle women. I don't know. You know, it's like, man, go read a good book. You know, there's so many good TV out there. Don't try to fix men. Live your best life. Lala tried to tell Randall that he was the cool kid now and didn't need to treat people that way. Uh, Lala said she is not going to judge someone by how they treat her, but by how they treat other people. Kristen said she does know that Lala did not tolerate Randall's behavior because she saw Lala put Randall in his place. Lala said she had to put Randall in his place often and it was exhausting. And Kristen was going to ask Lala if she just turned a blind eye. But now she realizes that Lala was just having sympathy for what Lala, I, I gotta keep saying Lala, Lala assumed was this bullied child, meaning Randall. But listen, we all have origin stories. And, and if you're going to use your origin story to justify bad behavior, then it's really, is it worth it? Is an origin story even worth it if it ends bad? Lala said she wouldn't say she turned a blind eye because she wouldn't have procreated with such a monster. Uh, Lala said at the end of the day, she is Lauren from Utah. Which wouldn't it be amazing if season 11, she's like, no more Lala, just call me Lauren. That would be such a great Madonna switch up. Uh, she came out to LA, a fish out of water. She didn't know that people were hooking up with movie producers to get parts or that's how Hollywood works. I sometimes have a hard time believing that because even, you know, DJ James Kennedy's like, oh, I knew it since the age of eight. I knew how the streets of Hollywood worked. 
So it, it's hard because I think Lala is a smart person and Lala was somebody that was always exceptionally beautiful. Um, so she was always probably treated a different way because of her beauty. And, um, and I, so sometimes that, that part of it, you know, it, it's hard for me to believe, but you know, that's what she says. Lala could see Lisa on the reunion looking at Lala, like, come on. And Lala said she is from Salt Lake city and doesn't know if any of y'all been there. Kristen says she's older than Lala and from Michigan, and she never thought this kind of stuff happened. Lala and Randall. When Lala met Randall, she was drinking heavily, and Randall was the same way. Lala thinks at this time her gut was speaking to her, and she was trying to shut her gut down. She was trying to tell herself that everything was good. Lala said she was with Randall for two years of drinking and three and a half years with him sober. Sober. There was a time where Randall made Lala feel so safe, and Lala's mom was so happy that she found that found him. Lala doesn't think that Randall didn't love her. She just thinks he is incapable of love. Lala did say when Lala's, and also I think there was a sex element too, that also Randall liked, um, liked getting women to send nudes, to get them in inappropriate situations. Uh, in my opinion, allegedly, it always felt that you would hear those kind of stories that he was always kind of like trying to get off on certain ways. And essentially Lala was sucked dry and potentially wasn't as exciting to him sexually as, uh, as potentially she once was. And remember, you know, Randall, you know, according to Lala lied to her was actually in a relationship at the time lined her that he was out of it. And so he was pretty brazen in terms of his cheating and it would go after what he wanted and he would get it. And he was such a dork and considered one when he was growing up that it was like, look at me now I'll get the hottest bitch on the block. Um, Lala did say when Lala's dad died, Randall really did come in and pick up those pieces and she'll always be grateful for that. So that's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's an interesting, it's a little nice little comment that you're like, oof, you know, you, you got to watch for those nice little comments because that could always be an entrance point for Randall to come in and be like, you know, let me in again. Do you have concerns with the shared custody when Ocean is with him and what she is exposed to? And Lala says she gets very concerned and keeps her up at night. Um, Lala said she doesn't have any control right now. So she just has to believe that something greater is protecting Ocean. Um in regards to calling Sandoval dangerous, which I think that, by the way, that third part of the reunion, if you don't at this point think Sandoval is dangerous after seeing even Raquel in those last five minutes, then we aren't watching the same show because that was really fucking scary, his behavior. I mean, come on. Like, he he's really, like, that's a different level, you guys. Think about that. If he's willing to do that with, a, I love you so much, Ariana, he's willing to do that to her and do it to such a degree that is dangerous. It might not be physically dangerous. He might not be hitting people, but there is a danger in that. That is like really, really dangerous behavior. Uh, Kristen said that Lala wasn't saying that Sandoval was like beating Ariana. She just said that Sandoval is dangerous. Lala stands by calling him that. Lala said that we got to take away this notion of there has to be a mark on someone's body for there to be abuse. I completely agree. There is mental, psychological, financial abuse and others. I abuse you guys with these long podcasts. Uh, talks about the strength of a mother. Lala said she had to be strong during all of this for Ocean, especially when she first left Randall. I was looking at pictures of Ocean that Lala posted, I think in her stories. Is <laughs> it really, she makes me, Ocean makes me laugh, really makes these funny faces that I actually do, um, I do smile at. Lala said, there is nothing like the strength of a mother. And Kristen said, I agree. Looking at you, looking at Sheena, like you just know, looking at Brittany and Stasi, who I'm not even super close to. Okay, so Kristen says she's not super close to um, Stasi. 
but she has now watched her friends be so strong as mothers. In terms of the custody battle, Kristen's biggest question is with the court system and how this article came out about Randall and then this documentary. How the hell is none of this used in Lala's custody battle? And Lala said they do not care, which I found interesting. Lala said she thinks people would fall ill if they saw what she submitted to the courts and what they rejected. Can we see what you submitted? What was your ticket? Um Lala is like, okay, so what you're telling me is when it's too late for a child is when you step in. And that's going to be a really, really scary thing. Um, Lala talking about red flags. The first red flag would be Randall being on his phone 24-7. He'd always say that he was working when he was always on his phone. Lala said Randall got a separate room when she was in labor. Lala said Randall claims this isn't true and that he was there the whole time. Lala remembers when her and Randall recorded a podcast and she talked about him getting a room and Randall made the podcast editor take that out and pretend that he was in the room and even went as far as talking about how uncomfortable the couch was when it was actually her mom sleeping on the couch. So that's very interesting. Of What lies are you trying to protect and why? Um Lala knows that she is going to have another baby on her own, no matter what. I believe that. Uh, when Lala went to Washington, she did not meet the president. She just said she did have imposter syndrome because everyone there was obsessed with VPR. Um, Lala would do anything for love, but she won't do that. Lala said anal. She said she has never done anal, and she is sure people are shocked by that. I am shocked by that. Why don't we leave? By the way, the podcast should have led with this anal question. My God. That's what I now I need the Vanderpump Rules anal podcast. I need to like ask all the cast members what their <laughs> Lala is not that anal. I love I but Lala doesn't even say she's saving that for the right one. She has not done anal. This is what I'm telling you guys. Lala might not be as crazy as she wants us to believe she is. Um I think that's how they <laughs> that's how they ended the podcast. That is a great way. Anal is always a solid. In fact, that's a note to Ryan. You know, hey, Ryan, take a note for yourself or Sandra, if you're listening, um, close out more episodes with anal. Uh, I think that really does good for, for everybody involved. So that was that. Now, this I found interesting. This is Andrew Cohen. I don't know if you guys know him. He um, he he does the whole, he does uh, Bravo. <laughs> he does the reunions. Oh, by the way, Medita is texting me. It's like 1.30 in the morning and she's on the Vanderpump Elaine website because Nick Elaine and Lisa Vanderpump have a company called Vanderpump Elaine. And uh, Medita says, the fucking ugliest lamps I've ever seen. <laughs> and these lamps do. I'm looking at a picture of these lamps and it looks, they truly look insane. Out of the mind of Nick Elaine and Lisa Vanderpump comes Vanderpump Elaine, the most insane lamps you will ever get. Also, we will talk about anal on Vanderbump Lane. Okay, so <laughs> sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. Um, this is from Andy's Radio Andy show, which I don't get to listen to, but I really, every time I hear clips of, I am just always going to be in the camp of loving Andy Cohen, even though it is interesting because I was like, wow, what an easy person to love. But then you'll hear people talk about him and you'll be like, damn, I never thought about that. You know, like misogynistic, getting women to fight. You know, everybody has this, um, these really strong opinions of him, but I just always geek out. He's such a hero of mine, uh, a true hero of mine. I think he just like, I can't imagine dealing with this many things, having the life that he has all of this, you know, revolving around him. I truly think it's magical. Like most people don't be, aren't able to create like an art form. And I think housewives and uh, the surrounding shows are its own art form. 
you know, most people didn't, and you know, most people don't get to invent something in their life. And he invented this. He was, you know, a part of all of this. So anyways, this was his take. He's on a, a podcast with his co-host, John Arthur Hill, I think his name is. And he's takes on VPR's reunion bombshell and theory on Raquel. So listen to this, you guys. Uh, I thought, let's see here. I'm going to skip past this commercial. Here we go. Things last night. I, I will say, Raquel, so basically, again, it, we're taping this show on Wednesday, and this is airing on tomorrow morning while I'm at jury duty. You all will have seen the- Andy Cohen on jury duty? And Vanderpump Rules. Tom Sandoval made a comment that the last time he and Ariana had sex, she was wearing a t-shirt, yeah. and that it was not hot. And yesterday, that is the remark that I was referring to yesterday on this broadcast. When I said it was something that I thought would upset women to their core. Because I think that there are a lot of people with body. I mean, by the way, sometimes I wear a t-shirt during sex. I mean, like, you know, it's hot. Yeah. Like, so there, I think there are a lot of people with body issues or a lot of people with, you know, um, just, and, and by the way, Ariana herself in past seasons of Vanderpump Rules has talked about not feeling good about her body. So to weaponize. Right, right. Is, it was so cringe. It also speaks to him at any turn trying to say that his reprehensible behavior somehow had to do with uh, her behavior. Ariana's, you know what I mean? He made horrible choices and they, then that's his responsibility. Right. You know, don't cast aspersions on anything. Uh, If you wanted to go out and cheat, that's the decision you made. It has nothing to do with anything Ariana did. Right. Right. um, Disgusting. That was that. I think people, I've got to assume people were upset by that. And yes, at the end of the show, Raquel claimed clean and said, I am done lying. We were having sex the whole time. That's... Oh, yeah. Did anybody have any doubts about that? Well, she said that. Well, I mean, John, are you watching the show? It goes against everything they were both saying for the entire reunion. You know, Ariana saying, did he coach you? Like they were really trying. He was really trying to make it seem like the narrative he wanted. I'm glad she was honest about that. Brody. Right. Um, Oh, my God. So much sex. God. I think also good for honesty. You know what? Good for her. Yeah. I think she really, I was talking about this the other day. Other I think, day. And, and I, her, it was so striking when she said in part two of the reunion, when Sheena is crying her eyes out mm-hmm. and Raquel was like, Oh, maybe I should have sent her a, a note. note. That was, so you know what I thought about that? I thought that Raquel thought she was in some simulation of being on the show. Right. Vanderpump rules. Yeah. And she was on the show and suddenly everyone was paying attention to her and she was and i think that in her mind it was all like i know this is crazy i'm on Pump rules i think in her mind it wasn't real right and these people everything is real they live their lives on the show off the show whether the cameras are there or not so i think for sheena 
everything that's happening is her real life. Right. And for Raquel, that her saying, I should have sent a card. It was such a weird uh, comment. It was. But it must be, do, it must be something to the psyche of these people to have a reality and then have also a reality of your life that is shown to other human beings who are also experiencing reality and they're all processing it. It must be hard for anybody, let alone Raquel. Right. <laughs> Um, so that was from Radio Andy. And I, by the way, I saw, ugh, I saw that while I was processing episode one audio wise, and I was watching that. And I just said on uh, the, the recap that I said, I had this theory that Raquel watches on TV and it doesn't seem real to her. And then they were, <laughs> they were kind of talking about it right there <coughs> or that when she watches on TV, that actually then becomes real to her because she had made several statements during of like, Watching that back, it was crazy. I cringed. I'm like, watching it back, you lived those moments. So I I heard that clip and I was like, holy shit, Andy said the, a similar thing. It wasn't the exact same. But I was like, yeah, there's a lot of something is up there where just that processing. But yeah, in terms of like meta, it is so meta. And especially those people like Sheena has been on this show from day one. Sandoval has been on this show from day one. I mean, to think that their feet are on the ground at all, it's, it's got to be really hard. And that when you do have a family like Sheena does with Brock and Summer Moon and a close you know, relationship with her mom and her dad, you know, I think that stuff really helps her. Sheena, by the way, you got to just crack up because I know this just this really was so painful for her. But at the same time, you can tell she is loving the not the attention but like really of like man i've waited for this moment i've waited for this moment and i remember at BravoCon talking to brock saying he was like hey i gotta tell you man she was you know very uh going into this she was like scared and she didn't think anybody cared about her or liked her and and to hear you know and she when she went up and sang good as gold and everybody freaked out it made her feel so good and and she was like wow people actually do like me and you gotta remember these people are people and uh, so it's really nice to see some of these people get some some well-deserved success after they've been kind of made fun of and beaten up a lot of the time. My, you know, I'll do that myself. I'll make fun of these people. So it is nice when they get their their flowers and, and then can make a little money off of this. And you just got to wonder, when is that gravy train going to stop? Can they actually put this into season 11? Now, I think most of the cast are like gung-ho on it. I think Ariana is probably so-so because – you know, you're having to relive personal pain and she knows that the producers are going to do everything in their power to get her around Tom, to have these uncomfortable conversations because that in their head is what they're, I don't know this, but I'm potentially thinking like they're going to want those conversations to happen. Right. And we as viewers want to see that happen. So they're living in the same house and, and we want to be a fly on the wall on those uncomfortable things that when she goes to work out at their home gym, he's in the bedroom and he has to stay away from her. We want to see how that works, even though we were told about it. So I found that very interesting. Now I wanted to go over to my Patreon. Uh, if you are a Patreon member, I want to thank you guys so much um, and, and by the way, you feel free to join at any time. I just did a summer house recap over there. Uh, all of these things. It, it's a, a really lovely group of people. And, um, we do all kinds of weird things over there, but and Sandra run it for me, uh, Sandra mainly. So thank you. Um, let's see, here's a live thread, uh, that I'm going to read some of the, the things from, uh, flirty grandma says, unfortunately I would watch three more weeks of this. I am, I'm going to do the secrets revealed episode next week and we'll be super loose with that recap, but I am 
everybody's like, yeah, me too. Same. I'm like, no, it needs to be done. You guys. Um, Michelle Martinez logs in. I love her says, I didn't think I could hate Sandoval more wrong. This is their commenting as the show was running. Aaron Jane. I love her. I knew the bombshell was going to be a letdown, but I wasn't expecting it to be this much of a flop. We knew all of this already. That's what I told you guys last week is temper your expectations. Like if you, if you didn't expect anything, it really was a, not a wild revelation, but how she said it and what she said. And I thought the thruple thing was really a, a wild comment, but also the Sandoval thing of like, actually, you know, we didn't want to say this and the lengths that he went to, to, I mean, think about that. Charlotte died. He fucked her for the first time. Ariana's grandma died. He took it as an opportunity to fuck her for the second time at their house. I mean, come on, dude, at their house. And then on Call Her Daddy, which, you know, she found out after the season that, you know, there was a time he fucked her in the house when she was in the house. Fell asleep with Tom in the bed. Tom got up, fucked Raquel, then went back to bed with Ariana. That's insane. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Uh, Christina Byington says big reveal was a bit of a disappointment. Need to watch the whole thing again to fully digest it. Uh, Alex says the reveal is Rachel can cry about things other than pageants. I agree with that, such as betraying Tom of who she's scared of. That's a very interesting uh, point right there is that she's scared of. She said, Oh my God, he's going to kill me. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. 
And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. But Alex Baskin, the executive producer, did insinuate something much bigger, and that's why he did um, the Hollywood Reporter interview that I recapped this week. I think it was on Wednesday's episode because he kind of had to backtrack of like, listen, you guys. And I was told that, you know, Alex's assistant and people over at Evolution were like, dude, what did you do with that Variety article? And now everybody's thinking there's this big reveal. And I think he didn't realize how intense the fandom is, where we have already been speculating about this for so long and we know so much information. And I think he was caught off guard by that. So he did have to backtrack. And that was what that Variety uh, article was, was like, listen, guys, it's just an addendum. And that is, you know, we we, we want to let people know if they want to sign on. Now, I, you know, somebody said in a comment, too, that they thought the person that he was talking about in terms of might not want to sign on was Tom Sandoval, because Tom Sandoval now even looks like a bigger douchebag. He thought he was like, you know, and then, God, remember, then he did that Howie Mandel interview like this guy. He's just not found a good lie yet. But it's all lies. It's all lies. All this to reverse engineer him wanting to have sex with another person. I mean, that's just wild to me. Jordan says, Raquel asking Tom how Ariana would feel about her being an addition. I actually screamed. And then her going on to say, I mean, I love Ariana. So, like, it really was. And then the, of course, she kept her T-shirt on so hot, made me want to rip my TV off the wall and throw it through a window. I actually did throw my TV through a window, and uh, I killed uh, a family. You know, I didn't realize they were walking outside. Uh, but it really, truly was a disgusting comment, and he's a disgusting man. Uh, Kitten1172 says, the shirt comment is what got me the most. What a prick. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I really, you know, Lala and James, like everybody went off on him and even Schwartz was disappointed. But I, I think at a certain point, even Andy, who, who's cringe, should have said, dude, that's enough. Now is my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our sponsor for this week. And our sponsor, once again, is our friends over at ShipStation. I was so excited when they signed on to uh, to advertise on here because first off, I do believe in this product. And secondly, as I've said before, one of their other spokespeople is Miss Shannon Bedore, who uses ShipStation like I do to send all of their very, very important shipping tasks, all of their mail. Um, listen, automation is kind of something that I'm needing to do more with all of my processes. You know, think about the thing in life that you want to automate. For me, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, okay, so I do the podcast, I talk all of this stuff, but then afterwards, I gotta do uh, the audio processing, I gotta upload, I gotta put all the tags on, I gotta write the show description, and it kind of sucks the joy out of sometimes the actual task itself. Just talking to you guys. Now, we live in an increasingly automated world, but some things, they still do require this tedious manual work like I'm talking about. But luckily, for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer a manual task thanks to ShipStation. Because you can save time automating your shipping and your returns in the ShipStation dashboard while keeping costs down 
with industry leading discounts. Now for me, I'm going to be using this for all of our Patreon mailings. Uh, I, I potentially, when we actually, we have the web store right now and we're thinking about potentially switching companies to make this easier, but this would be great specifically to use ShipStation 4 because you would be able to do everything from one of the coolest dashboards that I've seen. I'll walk you guys through that in a second. Um, also, just so you know, you do get a free trial and it's a really quick setup if you want to check it out, which I hope you guys will all do. But now is that time to try ShipStation out if you have been on the fence. Now, the shipping rates are crazy compared to what you pay before you used it. You will be saving a great deal of money. I mean, you can get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. That's crazy. 84%? I just recently had Hello Harlot, who has an amazing uh, web store and, and all that. And this is exactly what she should use. This is it. For, you know, these businesses, these online businesses, especially if you are a startup of some sort, you know, this is the company to use. I mean, because it is effortless. It integrates with everything when you sell online. It in integrates with Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, all of them. You can manage every order from this one simple dashboard. And that means you print shipping labels. You can easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. And with enterprise solutions that make warehouse optimization easy, ShipStation scales when you do. I mean, this is a one-stop shop to get your product out in this timely, efficient, and economically efficient way. Um, like I said, you get 84% off in some cases. Uh, and if that's not enough, use my promo code to try ShipStation for free for two whole months. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Because that's what we want. We want somebody to take away to take away these little things that we don't want to worry about because we we have all this other stuff to worry about. Let ShipStation do this part of your job for you. I highly recommend it. So spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code SOBAD today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com code SOBAD. Now, I'm going to put the links in the description. It'll also have a link to a video if you, if you want to check that out as well. But do it. See if it works for you. I think it will. And uh, yeah, tell them so bad. So bad it's good sent you. You know, I think this is, this is exactly what you need. Anyways, back for the remaining portion of our show. That's, that's enough. You know, truly. Um, they liked the I want to fuck yourself with a cheese grater. That was a great comment. And I'll never look at cheese graters the same again. Um. It's still Alex N said Alex N says still was a gripping watch. You mentioned the comment of Tom was going to make, but seeing it live revolting because I already told you this comment that he was going to make. I knew this already. So I told you guys last week, but yeah, you can't prepare yourself for actually seeing this dude say it. Um, mm. But if we, 
sometimes the fan base, you know, it's like when we don't let things happen, they will naturally then disappoint us. But I can understand that's part of second screen technology. Uh, Chastity Davis, who I love, says, I feel salty in a really petty way that I usually would rise above. Bravo, Andy, production lies to us. We get it. There is a certain game to be played, advertisers to please, and marketing to be done. Every new housewife see- season, Andy promises a banger. It never is. But the promise of yet another bombshell was too far. This was already an experience emotionally charged and exhausting for all. It had already gone two weeks too long already. James and Lauren took over the show like a bunch of hyenas. Then we finally get Ariana to speak without interruption. Okay, it's almost over. Here we go. And womp, 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 nothing. They really hate us this is what we get for hanging on all these years they didn't have to do that now that's a very extreme reaction and i don't necessarily i mean i don't disagree but i don't you know i still think what a wonderful season and i wasn't i was just more sad because the whole hour made me sad you know and i still thought it was fascinating to watch the you know psychology behind the character of raquel you know say these things and then to theorize on potentially you know that she's still in a mental health facility and now you sort of are curious of what, and by the way, I talked to that glamor uh, author that is going to be on, on the third part. And I asked her, I said, Hey, would you interview Raquel? And she was like, yeah, under the right circumstances, I would be curious. It wouldn't be a flattering portrait like Ariana's was in glamor magazine. But uh, yeah, I was very, I, you know, chastity to your point, I, I, I'm very aware that Andy is a ringleader and promises a banger season on every one of these housewives shows, but I'm smart enough to be like, well, I'll be the judge of that. But I thought this was a banger season and I thought it was a banger season up until the end. I just think we as a fan base got so over the top in terms of these ridiculous theories that she was a preg that she was pregnant, that she killed somebody. You know, there's all these shit. I mean, it really just spun out of control so if I took all of that apart, I was still so, so a part of this. Megan Taylor, who I love, says Ariana and Lala were the stars tonight. And in most of the reunions, I will say Raquel did come across much better than Sandoval through that bar, though that bar is basically on the ground. The big last five minutes overplayed. Alex Baskin made a huge mistake teasing it. It would have been such a bigger moment had that not happened. I kind of think part three might have been my least favorite, but I was also watching with a friend on the phone, texting with a million others. So I'm going to really settle in tomorrow and watch it uncensored on Peacock. I mean, that's the other thing too. Let these things wash over you over a couple of days as you watch them multiple times. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, there, I, I think I said that in the recap that not my least favorite, but it was the least um, it was the hardest one of these where I felt uh, I felt it very hard to find something humorous with. I was trying to find those entrance points to make jokes, to even make myself feel better. And they, they were there. I think there was really funny elements, uh, even of my recap, but overall I just had this immense sadness and maybe I was just sad that it was over, but I know I just felt sad. Cause I was like, there's no, nobody grew, nobody changed. Ariana got away and that's amazing. But then it just, just, highlighted something so gross. Um, yeah, I just highlighted something that I don't really love about somebody that I really, really liked. Uh, Kayla Gaco says, I feel like the surprise could have been good if they didn't call it a bombshell and just said something like, make sure, make sure you tune in for the last 10 minutes. You won't want to miss something like that. Yeah. This bombshell advertising it, you know, that didn't do itself any favors when we were going to turn in, we were going to tune in anyways, like they already had us. You know, like nobody was like, well, fuck it. I'm out for the season. Oh, shit. 
a bombshell. I guess I got to watch that final part. We were already there. The audience was already with you. Uh, Laura Beth Harp, who was amazing, said, I will need to rewatch tomorrow to fully process. Um, but she says the last five minutes delivered for her. She said, I set my expectations low. So I was shocked by the reveal, mainly just that Raquel betrayed Tom, which is really interesting of that Raquel betrayed the person that she was closest to. She said she felt empathy for her for the first time during the reunion. She feels like on one hand, she's an adult who is responsible for her actions. But on the other hand, she is naive and dumb and Tom manipulated and used her. It's a really sad situation. She has done a lot of damage to not only Ariana and her other friends, castmates, but also to herself. Um, I, I loved that statement. I thought that was that was great. Feeling empathy is good, uh, and I do feel empathy, and I do think Tom definitely manipulated her, even though I don't think he would ever admit that or is potentially not even cognizant of that. Uh, Devin had a comment under that comment talking about the whole thing made uh, made them sad, and I, I feel that same way. Colleen Fussell, what up, Colleen? There was no big reveal for me. Um, I was so impressed with, unimpressed with all of it. It was just rehashing the prior two episodes. Anyone who had been doing the math prior to this re reunion figured out they were already having a sexual relationship before early 2023. But what got me more than anything was Rachel's giddy laughing at the very end when she was talking about her and Scanzaball. She was smiling about their relationship. She's not sorry. Now, this is interesting as well, is that the she's not sorry, the smiling and the laughing. And I think this to a degree is what I talked about in the recap of, I think there truly is something, and I'm not going to say wrong because it's the, the wrong, but I think there is something different than you or me and how we actually uh, process human emotions. So I think she's giggling at the wrong times. There's something very childlike. And I, I don't know about it. I don't know if it's as easy as she's not sorry, I think her mind is completely different than our minds. And I, I'm not trying to make excuses for her. I don't know. Uh, Jordan says the fact that Tom Sandoval literally said, the thing is we don't live our lives by logic. And it was like, sir, you are clearly not okay. Rihanna Crimley says it was nice to see some emotion from Raquel. I'm interested to hear what she has to say. If she decides to be completely honest, uh, Shabana Malone, what up? Anticlimactic reveal, duh squared, big nothing burger. They are both so they both so blatantly lied about being in St. Louis when there's literal proof. That was really that was chilling. I agree. That was very upsetting. That I was like, dude, you took this girl around Christmas time. And those are the things that we didn't even like find out yet of like what he told Ariana. Like, dude, I'm going to St. Louis just to see my family and friends. You can stay here. Please do. Jennifer Morgan says the reveal was anticlimactic. Um, I felt sympathy for her in a way I've never before in regards, regards to Raquel. She really needs a lot of help and I hope she is getting it. Clearly Tom is a piece of shit. The t-shirt comment was disgusting. I loved Lala and Ariana tonight. Uh, Marissa says was gross to learn that they did it while Ariana was at her grandma's funeral. Also the Dumois blind items and things she posted were right. Um, and that's interesting. So Dumois had these, some of these blinds, I believe in December. And, uh, I know Dumois doesn't even watch these shows. So, uh, but that is interesting. So somebody knew somebody was very well aware and that could have been Raquel herself posting those blinds. And the only reason I say that is that it seems like at multiple times, there were moments where she was trying to force Tom's hand to get him to break up with Ariana. And I don't mean that in the fatal attraction. Oh my God, what a, uh, you know, what a wild woman. I mean that of like, she really wanted this to happen. So I could potentially see her being the person that did that. Um, 
Michaela says, I felt for Raquel. I feel like I could finally understand her because it struck me that she is just on a self-loathing spiral. She was reckless with Ariana's feelings because she was spiraling so much. She could only focus on herself. I think Tom is, was very much manipulating her. That's, you know, I saw that a couple of times in these comments. CG Renna says, I have lots of questions about the last five minutes. I assume Rachel's family PR team made her do it because it plays into a possible redemption arc for her. My biggest takeaway from tonight was that Rachel is a mess who should have known better, but she was also clearly being groomed by someone that she loves, trusts, and respects. Tom is older and had financial reasons, the house, the brand, to keep Ariana in the picture for as long as possible while telling Rachel a tale that the relationship would be ending soon. Now, even to back up that point, he said on Howie Mandel, remember that, you know, he was trying to break up with her, but said, hey, listen, we don't have to tell our friends one of these times that he said he tried. We don't have to tell our friends because we had brand deals coming up and we didn't have to tell them all at once. I don't think Tom intended to end anything with Ariana to avoid ever being seen as a bad guy and clearly was planting seeds to undermine their relationship to cast and production, hoping to push her to be the person that calls it quits. Keeping his hands clean, none of the none of this excuses Rachel, however. My God, this is an amazing comment, C.G. Renna. Um, I agree with so much of this, and I think this was just uh, completely, and I think it speaks to Tom trying to reverse engineer this breakup to still come out the good guy because that was one of the only things that he worked so hard on the show to really cement and he knew this would fuck everything up. It's like that Scooby-Doo and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you crazy Bravo fans. And I do agree that that still doesn't excuse Rachel. Uh, Alex also says, I also had questions for Ariana. Surely she had seen the finale. So to find out that her life partner... Of nearly 10 years, a family loved Rachel, would have been so upset and engrossed to me. Wonder if they're thinking Tom won't sign a contract as everyone hates him. And now Rachel betrayed him. The gig, however, was well up by then. He's a manipulator, a liar, and had years of glowing edit that wasn't the full picture. He did have a glowing edit for years. And I will say, don't worry about Tom not signing up. Tom needs this. And part of Tom being the way he is, I think he thinks he can win it all back. You know, he's doubling down. I think he does need the money. I think he will do everything in his power to be back. So I'm not as worried about that, but I think he's going to have a real fucking stick up his butt. And I think he does feel that this cast owes him everything for bringing them back on top. Um, but Alex also says if he won't sign up, he, he doesn't think he's getting that record deal. I agree with that as well. Uh, Angela, what up, Angela? I actually have hope for Raquel because it was so painful to see her realizing all of Sandoval's lies. She was reflective and came clean. She was so worried, actually afraid of how he will respond when he finds out the control he had over her. So disgusting. Glad she's getting help. Sandoval is pretty hopeless. I do wonder what Sandoval thought watching those last five minutes. And I have to imagine Raquel was honest with Tom before then. So I don't think he went in and that was a shock to him, but I would be curious how he tries to manipulate this situation as well. And we do know Raquel is still trying to be in contact with Sandoval. Uh, and I really think the only way out for Sandoval, even though I believe he is fucking on the road, is to uh, be committed to Raquel in a sense. But also remember that, you know, it's like I have hope for Raquel because, you know, all of that and people are saying they have empathy. But it is going to be hard for Ariana, even though I will say this. This was fascinating. Ariana was at the uh, the airport tonight, uh, which uh, I know she was uh, – there was a surprise happening for her. Um, 
that she's off to tonight, which I know about, but I don't think I'm allowed to say yet, but she was at the airport tonight. And this is the page six headline. Ariana Maddox suddenly changes her tune. admits she feels bad for Raquel Levis. This is through Backrid, you guys. All her friends. She's been, she seems really hurt by her own actions. Do you feel for her a little bit even? Sure, yeah. You do? There's a little bit of a, okay. Watch your step here. Do you, Tom and Raquel say they're still in love. Do you believe that? No. How are you doing? Otherwise, you're all right? All right, should Tom and Raquel be in the next season? All right. So that was a, just a quick thing. You had a TMZ reporter, backward guy at the airport. I miss our guy, Josh. Like, okay, okay, Ariana, what's going on? Like, um... Do you think Tom or Raquel, okay, okay, should I be together? I miss that dude. I don't like this dude has no charm at all, this backward reporter. And you could tell Ariana's just like, dude, come on, man. But she said, she's like, sure, I do have a little empathy for Raquel. So uh, listen, who knows? But, you know, that's got to be hard to keep getting, uh, you know, just to relive this again and again and again. Um, So I thought that was, oh, did my phone chip? Oh, fuck. Oh man, this is why we can't have anything nice. Are you kidding me? Fuck. Breaking news, you guys. I cracked a little piece of my phone. Damn you, Sandoval. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I do I am curious if Raquel does sign on, and I don't think she'll be in the beginning of the season, but that Ariana relationship too, because how do you make amends for somebody that you hate so much? It is really fucking hard to forgive somebody, both of those numb nuts. How do you do that? Is it possible to do that? And will Ariana eventually look to be a, you know, will people think she's a bad guy for not forgiving her? And I would hope people um, give everybody the most, um, the most grace in, in, in that thing, you know? Um uh, This is somebody on Reddit. Uh, Somebody said, you're hungry for fame. You would be nobody if Sandoval didn't cheat. And Ariana wrote back, I've been somebody since the day I was born, and so are you. Love yourself more. The fact that people still find that it'd be so shitty. Like, be shitty to Sandoval, man. Even be shitty to Raquel if your life is that dark. But, like, what What do you look at? Where are you in life? Like, what? Really? Think of oh, God. I hate it. I hate it so much. Mm. Mm. Sorry. Just got it caught up in feeling kind of gross and sad about that. Mm. Okay. Um, Let's see. I wonder what else we might have learned if Lala and James would have actually closed their mouths and let them talk. Uh, Devin said this refused to be gaslit, manipulated by her rage. She cheated too. a cheater is a cheater. Of course there are distinctions, but Randall had a family and kids super gross too. even more disgusting that she is trying to convince us now that the money dried up, that she was a victim, please. Now I, I don't necessarily agree with all of this because I think Randall did manipulate her, um, but it still was cheating, you know, and I think Lala does, but I, I do also agree with Angela's uh, initial point of that. I, I think in this one, Lala and James, I wish they had toned it down a little bit just because I really did want to hear 
Ariana and Tom and Raquel and what more information we could get out of that. And I feel like they slowed that process down. And it's like, guys, you guys already had two episodes of being able to dunk so hard. Um, so it, it did wear a little thin and I'm trying to say that with as much love as possible. Um, uh, Leah says she has done Ariana no favors because every time she talks, it's just a reminder that she fucked a man with little kids and then rubbed it in the bio mom's face online. She's talking about initially when she's talking about her dear friend, uh, Randall's ex, who's now her dear friend. That was initially what happened. Like she thinks Sando's dangerous. What does that make her? She's worse than Raquel, in my opinion, because Raquel is obviously not well. Lala knows better and knew better and best believe she will do it again as soon as another rich dumb dumb comes her way. Damn, Leah. Whoa. Woo. Oh, Joanna. Joanna. Oh, I love Joanna. Um, I didn't realize. That's awesome. Hi. I miss you. Uh, I thought the last minutes were really fascinating and gave us more insight into Tom and Raquel's relationship than anything we've seen prior. So dark with the elaborate timeline lies and the fact that he was clearly not particularly keen on actually breaking up with Ariana. Obviously, Raquel's lack of emotional expressions and empathy has been jarring, but now I think a bit of that was her trying to protect herself and perhaps even more protect Tom and the lies they both were spinning. Her breakdown at the end felt totally genuine to me. It did feel genuine to me, too. And um uh, but like I said, doesn't excuse any of that, but it is interesting to add all of these other psychological elements into this in terms of protecting her man as well. And the fear that she was going through to potentially screw that up for him because he was exhibiting of like, dude, the world's coming down on me, dude. Uh, Michelle, I love Michelle Yeoman says, honestly, glad it's over. This one made me feel icky. Michelle right there with you. Stephanie says the big reveal, absolutely disgusting. I had my partner do some sketchy stuff while I was putting my grandma to rest. And it really is the lowest of low things a partner can do when you are trying to keep it together and be there for your family. The home life should be a safe place. Agreed. Diana says, I know a lot of people were disappointed with the twist, but I thought it was riveting and really sad. Uh, for me, the bombshell wasn't the lies about the timeline. It was how much Sandoval has a hold on Raquel. Agreed, Diana. I think what she did was awful, but she needs help. She desperately wants to be loved and understood and has been able to manipulate, and he has been able to manipulate and exploit this. He's dangerous for her mental and behavioral state. I walked away feeling that her intentions and role in this was less diabolical than his. Yes, Diana, but also you have to realize that she was on a daily basis, lying to Ariana, being her friend, being around her alone, knowing that she had done all of this less diabolical, but in a sense at the same time, in the reality of that, after cameras went down, I feel, you know, still very, very, it's like levels of diabolicalness, but like there's still very diabolical. So I, I don't think this forgives anything, but you do, it gives you a window into this a little bit more. Um, uh, so, uh, Stephanie says, uh, you know, claiming that it was a bombshell is totally bullshit. Um, this Peacock version is like, whoa, much better than the one Wednesday night. It's a must watch. I mean, I agree. I, I didn't watch the actual Bravo version. I've watched the Peacock version over and over again, and they just did. They have so much more. Uh, Jamie Beth says the only person who would be affected and possibly not want to sign up for season 11 after seeing Raquel's confessional is Sandoval. If he knows there's no coming back now, even if he thought he could eventually win some people back over, it's a stretch, but he's the only one I can think that would be shocked by it. I talked about this a second ago, Jamie, and I, I don't agree with this. I believe he is so egotistical that he will come back regardless. Uh, Jasmine says, for me, what is the Greek tragedy about it 
is that stuff that is that suffering was created that has a profound effect on the person who was the target of the assault. In this case, to humiliate Ariana to her bones in front of the world on film, not in order to create justice for the good life out of banality, putting banality, putting her life at risk for nothing, showing how cruel Rachel is. The moment when she came back six days later to come clean shows how cruel Rachel is attempting to embarrass Ariana for the last time after she realized she did not win the war at the reunion. That was her goal. In my opinion, by telling us that she slept in Ariana's house in her bed with her life partner while they were at a family member's funeral out of state for a couple of hours, I was in the state of her tears are real, a sign of awakening, but that is my human condition. I need hope, but no, she went on to lie that she wasn't in St. Louis with Tom while we, the audience, see a picture of them. My conclusion is Tom has a deep rooted hate against women and Rachel is still not over James because she said it herself that was the only thing that hurt her James telling her Allie is an upgrade which was that that was the first comment out of the gate when they got back into that other room with Sandoval both could work on their issues having hatred based on uh, on trauma is huge uh, sorry it's huge for us but not for her world everybody experiences trauma uh, the birth canal is traumatic itself that's why it is uh, banal uh, and not uh, grandiose, I think, because we have bigger problems in the world, but I know it is the human condition. I take Scandable as a we- wake up call for myself. Um, this asshole gives me Richard the Third vibes. Richard the Third, are we talking about the Shakespeare Richard the Third? Or, I don't, um, I-, I agree with a lot of this. Uh, that's a very interesting opinion about potentially coming down six days later and throwing down that gauntlet of another embarrassment for Ariana to say, I did fuck in your house, but you know, she was crying on top of that. And I just still don't think Raquel is that good of an actress. I thought that was still, it was self-serving potentially, but I don't think it was an acting thing. And I think if it was, we would have seen that manipulation through Raquel much earlier in the season. Um, You know, we saw her cry a couple of times or have a panic attack once cry to Peter about pageants. But if that was something, I don't know. So that's a very, I'm going to be thinking about that comment for a little bit. Um, uh, Lisa says Raquel has to be in a throuple with Tom and Ariana. Ariana was a little heartbreaking. She is desperate for love. And Tom is a fucking monster. Uh, Jennifer says first, just, I have to get this out of the way. I need Lisa to be quiet. Like really she's so out of touch with what's actually going on. Yeah. I just find her presence to be irrelevant and actually an irritant. I agree with others who have said that it was nice to see Raquel show some emotion, but what I really saw was a cult leader and a cult member. And I saw that she was perfect for becoming Tom Sandoval's little talking puppet. And I think a lot of the lack of emotion came from the fact that she was under so much pressure to keep her story straight, that she was assuming a different character and she really couldn't maintain it and look human at the same time. And as soon as she let go of that story, I think she really did start to get that. She, I think she really did start to get that she's become somebody, but she doesn't like, and rightfully so. I think it's still sort of pathetic at 28 years old that you don't know that this is sort of a no-no to fuck your best friend's husband for all intents and purposes. But I don't know her life. She clearly was very sheltered. She was clearly very constrained, and I think the development of her brain has suffered. I think the best part of the reunion, as far as the most revealing, was on the extended version where we got to see the behind the scenes of Lisa talking to Tom about how he should respond or how she thinks it would be best if he responded and he starts to cry. And it was so clear that he was like, okay, Lisa, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to cry. I'm going to show them that I can be emotional and I'm going to save our business relationship because it's so clearly damaged. And then when we cut to the next scene and and uh, Mary is blubbering away, basically verbatim repeating what Lee, oh, and, and he's blubbering away, basically verbatim repeating what Lisa fed him. And I just got that really clear or 
I should say the most clear picture of him as a phony baloney and every ounce of me being a Tom Sandoval fan has been thoroughly erased. I know this was a really long opinion. And I think a lot of you know that any of us who are obsessed with this could probably write a thesis. So I want to apologize. Don't apologize. So I look forward to Ryan's analysis tomorrow. Jennifer, your analysis was way better than mine. Um, because it's the only way I've gotten through this. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is a nice comment. So I, I look forward to reading the rest of the comments. Ryan, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Eleanor says two thoughts. Number one, I don't think that literally anything Tom said was the truth. Eleanor, hell yeah. I totally agree with you. The entire episode, everything he said was a lie except for the really shitty and offensive comments about Ariana. Secondly, with the confession from Rachel that every single thing we thought was true, according to all the different information that's come out, it was just bombshell after bombshell. I am not upset or disappointed by the reveal. This is such important. This is such an important reveal because if Rachel hadn't been honest, we wouldn't have direct video evidence and confirmation of everything that has been rumored or said. Uh, yeah, that's great. In my opinion, this was a huge reveal. Rachel admitted that she is lying because Tom told her to, and also admitting in the reunion uh, part two that all they've been talking about is the reunion, how to try to protect and justify themselves. That is as important as the actual facts about the timeline. It was also the first time either one of them, and especially Raquel, has behaved appropriately, shown honesty, and regret taking responsibility for what she did. The fact that she finally showed this much emotion is really noteworthy, considering that we all collectively are shocked and just disturbed by her lack of reaction previously. I really wish that Tom had to answer the questions about being unfaithful with other people. He didn't have to name names, to be honest. The episode solidifies his character as 100% disrespectful, remorseless, and despicable. I can't wait for your new episode tomorrow. Um, thank you. Um, this was great. This is a great comment. Um, and and I, Eleanor, I, I gotta say, I'm frustrated myself that you know, we could just keep going. I mean, that's why you're like, oh man, cameras should never go down because I was immediately wanting Sandoval's reaction to bring him in for another one-on-one -on -one and have catch him in more lies of like, listen, did you bring Rachel? Like I wanted then to ask those same questions to Sandoval and then compare the lies to the truth that, you know, like you would almost want to see him lie one last time to see how well he does it. Um, listen, here we go. Jade says, oh my, I can't see how Ryan squeezes into three hours. Jade, Breaking news, I didn't. It was close to four hours. Um, and then the, here's me going, hey, do you guys mind if I read some of these comments on the show tomorrow? Uh, Lady Swamp Witch Gives No Fucks, which is one of my favorite uh, <laughs> names in this group. I honestly didn't learn much new stuff. It was mostly good, but Rachel's still really self-absorbed and crusty, was not sorry at all, except for not being able to control the narrative. I hope to see a new and happier Katie next season. Scumdog abused her all season. Laura says, this is a lot, but hear me out. I think the bombshell hurt Schwartz the most. When Schwartz decided to go off script in part one of the reunion, he admitted that after Mexico, he found out about the one night stand. My theory is that I think Sandoval created that one night stand lie then as a way to get Schwartz to back off her and fill him in partially <clears throat> by then claiming he was starting to get feelings for her again. Once Sandoval tells him this, Schwartz falls for whatever sad sob story came he came up with and immediately became complicit. I do not believe Schwartz knew they were banging nonstop from the very jump and all throughout the Mexico trip. Yeah, and I think Schwartz, you know, I said, uh, except for like Jackson Britney's pod, he didn't know that they were banging nonstop, and he thought that was potentially what the reveal is. Um, this would cause Schwartz to question his entire friendship with Sandoval and pull away, which apparently has recently just started to happen. If even Schwartz won't film with Sandoval, then he's really done. I mean, that is a, a huge question that remains in the balance, and also the thing that I find interesting is Sandoval, is Schwartz is kind of a pussy, though. He really makes other people drive, uh, you know, 
makes them the driver. He's the backseat person. Even in Katie, their relationship, he made kind of Katie pull the divorce strings. He didn't do it. So I'll be very curious if Schwartz is able to find the balls or if he just is kind of like, oh, it's all right, dude. Just don't do it again, man. Uh, Leah says, can someone explain why the T-shirt comment was billed as a comment that would enrage women across the country? Because when he said it, I just sighed and said, okay, and like he just makes it sound like it bad at sex. Um, and then, yeah, so Laura says he's making a dig at her insecurities about her body, saying, and Leah's like, okay, that makes more uh, sense. Yeah, Leah, for me, that was like, an, like, you know, our bodies are so personal for ourselves, and we have so many body issues and body dysmorphia, uh, eating disorders, and especially for women. I mean, primarily for women. And for somebody, when we've even seen Ariana open up about this, to be like, oh, yeah, she had sex with me, but she didn't even take her T-shirt off. Like, you know, and, and Ariana was keep complaining, like, I want sex that it makes me feel close to my partner, that makes me feel romantic with my partner. And he's just like looking to have porn sex. So there was a lot in that comment that was just discussing and showed um, for somebody that said he was so in love with Ariana that it, it makes no sense. It, you know, it's an obvious thing of why this would enrage a lot of people, because I think men primarily do make women um, feel bad a lot of the times about their bodies. Um, you know, we live in a, a culture that is obsessed with women and how they look. And sometimes uh, just based on that, we then create a lot of issues for women in this country and others because they feel like they have to live up to these unhealthy, unnatural um uh beauty standards. You know, we talk about this with the Kardashians a lot. And just little girls being raised and feeling like they have to look a certain way or have sex a certain way or be like sexy in a certain way. And I think Sandoval has proved this season time and time again of like what a gross person is that he truly, he wants porn star sex. He wants that. I want to see your tits. I want to see everything. It doesn't seem like he's a romantic in any sense. And that's what really throws me off because I would think he would try to do everything in his power because he's so passionate about things. But I feel like maybe at the end of the day, he's just super passionate about himself. And uh, and it's sad that I walk away from this season realizing that when I started the season thinking completely different about him. And I will always be sad about this season for that. But yeah, to me, that was an obvious thing. But um, and, and maybe you can understand that a little bit better. Uh, Janine says, OK, unpopular opinion. I just watched part three and I'm really getting tired of the hate towards Tom and Raquel. Uh, yeah, I can't say I'm completely proud of all my behaviors when I was younger. And who am I to judge? Uh, I am a recovering alcoholic with a lot alcoholic with a lot of yikes moments. Also, I have to forgive others to keep the peace in my head. I actually hope Tom and Raquel can have a future together. And who are we to say how you're supposed to react on a stage with all that hate? I also don't have the most predictable and acceptable behaviors when I'm in uncomfortable situations. Ariana's words were really damaging to Raquel. Just had two baddies. Uh, Janine, yeah, I don't agree with this, but I really support uh, support your, you know, I mean, we're all going to have different opinions. And I, I talked about this in the recap of like, you know, you, words were really damaging to Raquel. I mean, the obvious thing is, well, nine months of really insane behavior has to be insanely damaging to Ariana, no matter how many zeros are in her bank account. Um, but I do support the, you know, like, listen, we've all made these huge mistakes and up there on a, a stage of hate. Yeah. But like, I do also think there is a thing. If you do something wrong, you, uh, you know, for every action, there is a reaction and they are getting their reaction. But I love that you 
or in a place of forgiving others because you do need to keep that peace in your head. And I, I don't know. I don't know about their future together because I would question Janine watching those last five minutes. Do you think that Tom is actually good for Raquel in those last five minutes? That would be my thing is that even watching that, don't you worry for Raquel a little bit in the sense of this guy seems to, to be a real manipulative piece of poop, a poo poo head. If we were, you know, poo poo head, but yeah, who knows how you would react on a stage with all of that stuff. Um, but let, listen, I completely support, uh, your feelings on this and it's always really refreshing to get a new opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean like tired of the hate, this is like a big thing. This will wear down. And, and as you see, a lot of these comments on here, have started to understand Raquel a little bit more when you actually are honest about a situation. I think then you leave room for people to understand the situation a little better, but you're also then having to admit Janine that Tom has lied again and again, this reunion. So how are we supposed to empathize or even sympathize with him? If he is continuing to continuing to lie, we get confirmation from his own partner in the last five minutes. So that's the only thing I would actually maybe, ask you to think about is is those things like how can we forgive and stop hating if we he continues to lie uh laura says why would raquel ask want to be in a thruple uh by the way isn't that interesting too of like the thruple like she was so close to sheena and brock she's so close to tom and ariana um it's weird it, it, she says it was puzzling disturbing disturbing and frankly unnecessary admission to production it, it was a wild moment. That moment got me because I was told it offhand, but I just kind of threw, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Throuple. You know, I kind of chalked it to the open relationship thing. And I didn't realize like when somebody's telling you what the reveal is, they're not telling you, they're not acting it out for you. So you're just taking in that information. And I was told that in like not so many words, but it really didn't stand out for me. But then when I saw it, it really stood out for me so much more. Stacy Smith says, I think part of the reason Rachel showed little emotion during the reunion was because she was coached and she was concentrating on making sure she was giving the right answers that Tom told her. This is the final five minutes that she gave her own answers. Those last five minutes from Rachel made Tom look very, very bad. I love that's an interesting point. And I wonder if that is true. Now, Ariana, I believe, was it Ariana and Caller Daddy said that she could hear Tom coaching Raquel the night before the reunion at their house. It's like, no, dude, say it again, man. And this is our last comment of the night from Jordan. He says, this might be super far-fetched, but I thought of something regarding the last five minutes sit down with Raquel. It seems like she's always been in competition with Ariana. And during part three of the reunion, Ariana really didn't give Raquel or Tom anything. She didn't show emotion towards Tom or Raquel and didn't really allow Raquel to see her upset. Um, if Raquel felt like she hadn't won because Ariana wasn't humiliated enough. So she sat down and did the interview to twist in the knife in her back one last time, or Tom had her sit down for the last five minutes for that same reason, or possibly told Raquel to sit down and tell the truth to help recap her image a bit. I'd imagine that none of these are true, but it's, it was just stuff that crossed my mind. I've dealt with a Raquel before, but this girl was much worse. And the whole wanting to win and humiliate Ariana more is something that type of evil person would do. I just have a difficult time believing that Raquel decided to sit down and tell the truth completely on her own. I don't believe she actually felt remorse. For example, when crying about sleeping with Tom in his and Ariana's house while she was away, she never once said she felt bad about it. She said it's a bad look. The tears could have been knowing about her being embarrassed, not out of feeling guilty. Also, Ariana already knew that Tom and Raquel had had sex at her and Tom's house when she was gone. And even when she was home and Tom snuck into the guest room. So Raquel wasn't suddenly telling the truth for Ariana's sake. But they did record this interview before Ariana said that admission on Call Her Daddy, I believe. Um, so this is a lot right here. And I love, I mean, it just really does, you know, our imaginations kind of like just kind of go. Um, 
I want to take this from the, the top here is that if Ariana really didn't give Raquel or Tom anything, she didn't show emotion towards Tom or Raquel and didn't really allow Raquel to see her upset. No, I disagree with that because I think multiple times Ariana was like, you're a loser. You're fucking nobody. You're, you're dried up inside. You're a dementor. Charlotte's going to haunt you. There were so many times where you saw the fucking anger and I'm just like, you're nobody, you're nothing. Like to me, that was like some of the most anger you're going to get out of Ariana. And I will say it frightened me myself. And I know her a little bit. And I was like, damn, don't piss Ariana off. So for me, I don't agree with that. I felt like she did get to them. But this is the second comment I've gotten in this about twisting the knife in, in terms of Ariana. And that is just so dark. If that is the case, then Raquel is working on a whole nother level that I'm not giving her credit for. And maybe I need to start giving her credit for that because it has been this far and they were both able to keep this secret for this long. So who knows? And, and that's where we will end this. But my God, I'm proud of my Patreon group. Wow, what a bunch of great comments. Congrats. I thank you guys for not embarrassing me, Patreon. You really, you came through for the old the old Ryan Baileyster. I don't even know what I'm, it's like three in the morning, you guys. My God, what are we doing with our lives? We're going to end this here, even though there is so much more to talk about. By the way, thank you. If you're watching this on um, YouTube, this is the face. Facetune sent me this shirt, sandwiches over Sandoval. So I, I love that. Grody! Goys night! Oh, you guys, I love you. Thank you for talking with me all night. We've talked about eight hours now. So this is part two. I hope this is a good recap of everything. I know I probably left out some really amazing news because this thing turns on a dime every day. So I know that we will get so much more tomorrow. And, uh, oh, wait, now I'm seeing actually something that was in the Daily Mail today that says Raquel Levis wants to expose unfiltered truth about Scandaball when she leaves treatment. What if she's like, Raquel started an OnlyFans? Uh, the quote says, Raquel looks forward to sharing her story with the unfiltered truth when she comes out, a source alleged to the Daily Mail Thursday, just one day after the reunion finale of Vanderpump Rules. The insider claimed that the former beauty queen has been staying at the unnamed center for nearly 70, 70 days and is aiming to become a better person. Upon the completion of filming the reunion, Raquel entered a voluntary inpatient behavioral health and trauma facility and remains there to date 68 days and counting. I wonder if Bravo is going to pick up the tab for that at all. And that's it, you guys. I don't want to leave, but I got to leave. And uh, wow, part two. And remember, part three, we have an amazing interview that I just think is great, even if it wasn't Vanderpump Rules. I, I geek out on writers and creators. And uh, uh, Perry is just an amazing uh, writer. She works over at Glamour and just did the best interview with Ariana. We talk all about, I get her opinions as a Vanderpump Rules fan. And so that is part trace, part three thank you for staying with me. You guys, I'm really proud of this show. I hope you're proud when you, I hope you're proud when you listen to it. I hope you guys, I hope the overwhelming feeling you feel when you listen to this is pride, but we did this. We got through this together and we're better people for it. Dang it. But I'm just so grateful to be able to talk to so many interesting people. And, and uh, so, you guys are so damn smart and funny and, and I'm glad to be a part of you guys. So uh, I'll see you over there on part three. And have the best fucking weekend of your life. And thank God that you are not that man, Tom Sandoval. And if you're going to see Tom this weekend in concert, what's up with you, man? <laughs> Bye, guys. Betches.